Hello and welcome to the Beyond Resilience Life podcast, a show about life adversity, how to overcome it and transform your life. This is your host, Dr. Lidiana Garcia, a licensed psychologist in Los Angeles, California. And even though my hope is to deliver information that can be helpful for you to overcome adversity and transform your life, it is not meant to be a substitute from being diagnosed and treated by a licensed mental health, medical, and related professional. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second season of the Beyond Resilience Life. I'm so happy to be back with you. This season is going to be amazing. We're going to focus on where everything started in terms of building resiliency during pregnancy, birth, and the first zero to five with the hope that through this information, you can get some knowledge to help raise a better and healthier future generation. Also, this is a great episode for you to explore perhaps some of the things that your caregivers or parents went through and some of the explanations of why you're such way and also to promote that part of that healing the inner child or inner children. But before we go to today's episode, I wanted to give an announcement about the Healing Village. I know I mentioned it in the previous one and that it included the community aspect the coaching calls, the Facebook group, and all of that good stuff. But because a lot of you were asking me about a program that it was more self-paced, more on their own, that might not necessarily require or need all of that, I want to extend that to all of you. To let you know that at the moment there is an offer for that program and it's an online course that is focusing on helping you work through different skills that will get you unstuck, will move you forward in your healing journey. This one is for anyone. It doesn't matter if you identify as a woman, as a male, as non-binary. It's for anyone that is in their healing journey and want to get more skills. And here are some of the skills that we're going to be talking. Each week or how it's set up is that you do it each week, but you can do it each month because you do it on your own terms. But the 10, I mean the eight classes or the eight modules are the following. Number one, the first module focuses on your future self, aka your real self. And that includes workbooks and guided meditations in each module. Second module is about effective coping skills. Third module is about healing the intergenerational trauma. Fourth is healing the inner children. Fifth is releasing guilt and shame. Sixth is forgiveness. Seven is healthy relationships, and the eighth and last module is putting it all together and the next steps. So throughout all of this, you're receiving a webinar explaining each module about like 45 to an hour class. You will also be receiving guided meditations to help you further those skills and a PDF workbook to put in practice the skills that I was teaching in those different classes. So all of that to say that at the moment, I'm offering a special discount. And if you're interested to go to the Beyond Resilience Live and click on the Healing Village. Today, I have the pleasure and honor to present to you Emilia Ortega. She's a licensed clinical social worker and founder, right, of Corazon Counseling? Yes, correct. Yeah, so I am really excited because she has a lot of knowledge and works with a lot of pregnant, new moms, and postpartum. So I'm so happy to have her join us, our great episode about pregnancy health, because 
a lot of times we forget that it's important to also focus on those 10 months because they're not nine <laughs> for mm -hmm. most people and to focus about the importance of that, especially now with this whole information about generational trauma and how in the womb a lot of things get passed. So I can keep on going. You guys know me, but without any further ado, welcome, Emilia. Mm, thank you so much. Thank you so much for inviting me, Dr. Liliana. Yeah, I'm so happy to have you. So can you tell us a little bit more about you, the work that you do, and what do you love the most? Yeah, so first of all, I'm a mama to a beautiful and energetic eight-year-old little boy who loves to challenge me in every way possible. And um, he's actually one of the main reasons I started Corazon Counseling. So the work that I do in the community is directly connected to the person that I am, to my motherhood experience, you know, with, with my little guy, Noah. So yeah, I started Corazon Counseling about five years ago because I felt really isolated in the field of practice. And I wanted to create something where, you know, mothers and families were nurtured, kind of in a more holistic approach, mind, body, spirit. And also for me, because I experienced a lot of anxiety and some, some postpartum depression after I had my baby, I was very isolated. It was very alone. My family was in um, far away and, and there was nothing out here. There was no services. I live here in Riverside. So this, this was a special little project that I was working at the county at the time I was pregnant, I left the county because it wasn't allowing me to do this work from a place of not only honoring my motherhood and, and being with my baby. I really wanted to nurse him. I wanted to make sure that I spend that quality time with him, but also in my therapeutic work. So then I started going to all these different trainings through Postpartum Support International and Maternal Mental Health, and I became somewhat of a of an expert or have this expertise in working with um, the perinatal period of reproductive mental health. So, and, and yeah, so then just last year, we actually opened up Corazon Counseling Service Inc., which is a group practice slash community space uh, for all things perinatal mental health. We, we provide pregnancy and postpartum groups, childbirth education classes, perinatal law support group. We have um, the Leche League breastfeeding support group that meets here at our space as well. We have a midwife and doulas, and we have this beautiful motherhood circle. And of course, we also bring in the culture and ceremony, holistic healing, such as yoga, Reiki, or I mean, you name it. It really truly is a beautiful place. And um, we're really proud that our, our core collective members are all Latinx, Indigenous, and Spanish-speaking folks. So there's really nothing like it here in this area. So we are building upon the, the passion of local birth workers. I mean, so it's been really nice. Yeah, and I love, I love that. Um, I think the direct impact that we're having to the well-being of the next generation by focusing on nurturing the mother, I think that's what I love about the work that we do. That sounds like a heaven. <laughs> like <laughs> my parents live in a town in Florida called Winter Haven. And I always got, you know, like that idea of a haven. And that sounds so amazing, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's, I want to like pause here and just say thank you for, for following your passion and following, because I bet it was not easy. Being no, a it's still owner. not easy. <laughs> right, right. It's not easy, but you did follow that calling. And because of you following your calling, you have created this place that people now are getting nurture, are getting all this alternative that I find that are so important. I'm very into holistic mm -hmm. and all of that. So that's 
amazing, yeah. amazing. So thank you for your work. And Riverside is so lucky to have you. Thank you for doing our little, you know, little something that we're, we're creating here. Yeah, no, it, and I love the name Corazon Counseling. It sounds like very, very nurturing too. So, so if anyone is near Riverside, I would definitely recommend going there and getting, you know, support and services. And I'm pregnant right now as I'm recording this season. And, and I will still be pregnant when this episode comes <laughs> out. But so I definitely, and I also have a four-year-old. So I kind of mm-hmm. know a little bit about this whole importance of postpartum because that's when, for me, everything started. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I know we've, like, already I kind of mentioned how important it is. But can you tell us a little bit more about how important is women's <clears throat> overall health during pregnancy? So it is extremely important. Life is being created. Life is growing inside of you. This is another human being that uh, will be part of the next generation. So when we really sit with that thought, it's pretty amazing. But it's also kind of scary too, right? The, the responsibility is huge to honor, respect, and take care of our overall health during one of the most transformative and sacred times of a person's life, which is pregnancy. So the way we take care of ourselves during pregnancy really sets the tone of how we're going to honor and take care of ourselves throughout our parenthood journey. But I really want to make sure that I don't sound like this is only the responsibility of the mother. So not at all, right? This is not only the responsibility of the mother to really take care of her health, um, her overall health is. So as a society, we are also responsible. As a society, we, you would think that we would do everything possible to ensure that every single pregnant person has the opportunity to experience an optimal pregnancy, birth, and postpartum. But, you know, unfortunately, it's not the case. We have a long way to go. The United States has one of the highest maternal mortality rates, if not the highest in the developed world. So sadly, this makes the U.S. one of the most unsafe countries for women giving birth. So this is scary stuff, you know? Sounds, yeah, no, when we add the statistics, it's like a reality check. It's really scary. And a lot of people, especially in the Latinx community, when they immigrate here, mm-hmm. here with these thoughts and ideas of progressive and, you know, it's sad to hear that in as a developed country, it's still it's so behind. Oh, it really is. And I think it goes really deep to, you know, we know we know those deep root issues, right? Like yeah. patriarchy, colonialism, I mean, all of that. So I think getting serious about caring for women's overall health, even before conception. So let's just imagine what that would look like, you know, to start building and creating those healing, nurturing spaces for our young women, right? Even before they become parents. So this is something we're, we're looking forward to. And then the summer starting a project and collaborating with other groups that is going to be honoring the rite of passage of menarche or, or when you start your moon time, your, your first period, and really start working with the women, young women at that stage before they become pregnant and mama. So yes, yeah, so overall health to me really begins with our social environment, right? How can we nourish the seeds and the seeds as being, being mom and baby if the soil is toxic? So paying attention to the social environmental factors that are either supporting a pregnant person's health or contributing to their chronic health problems. So this I can't so ask her, important. right, isn't it? I think that's, yeah. that's really like a core, but some yeah. of us are talking about it, but mainstream isn't talking about it. Right. 
no yeah no it's really this is like layered but I can't ask my mamas that I work with I can't ask her to meditate go for a walk have fresh locally grown organic food if her social environment her neighborhood does not allow for that if her neighborhood's not safe and there's violence in her home if there's no affordable or accessible food choices if there's a factory plant around the corner that releases toxic pollutants right if there's no access to social support networks or quality medical care, which is how insurance. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. You know, we fail our clients by making suggestions or recommendations before doing a thorough biopsychosocial assessment um, in her environment. I think this is so important. Thank you for bringing this factor, you know, and setting the tone as the first episode for the second season because. In this season, you'll hear a lot of recommendations, but it's important to start with that baseline of the factors around you. And that is key. And I know right now, as I'm also in the process of looking to moving, like I was just talking to a realtor friend and I'm like, okay, I need to have this, 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 because I need that for my <laughs> peace of mind. Yes. I need my son's school to be really close to the house and I need it to be a really nice school in a school district and all these little things. But I have privilege in that sense of being able to move. But, mm -hmm. you know, what do you kind of recommend then for people that are kind of in those situations that probably some finances are not available for them to make those moves? Yeah. So first is it's recognizing that these issues are happening, right? That it's not their problem. That's not something wrong with them. And these are the symptoms that they're experiencing are a consequence, right? They're symptoms of a social structural issue. So that in itself will help them have a sense of agency that they could start looking at things from and stuff of like, oh, self-pity, oh, pobrecito me. I'm like, but like, hmm, let me do something about this, right? Maybe, and this probably during the pregnancy is not, we don't get really active in our community to make changes, but that would motivate someone to start looking for a support group, right? Or start looking for who's doing the work already out there that, um, or where's, where's a place that I could go where I feel safe, right? And then as you talk amongst those, those are your peers, and you start sharing about like, oh, these, we, we don't like what's happening in our communities. So like, what could we do to, what, what's the power that we have as a community to do something different so we could live in healthy spaces. So I'm really big on, you know, I used to be a community organizer. So this is why I bring this up from this place because there's the change is not going to happen until we really start working at the structure and or we start creating our own space. Right. I um, love that because it's like empowering people to get together yes. in the community. Yes. And change things because you could do that. You can start creating safe places even within the home with other like neighbors and create like a social support of like neighbor watch and all those kind of things. And yeah, yeah exactly. I'm waiting until the government changes it. Cause yes, <laughs> that's gonna, that's, that's might not crazy. happen with how things are going right yeah. now. And then going back to our traditional ways of healing or indigenous, especially in the Latinx indigenous community, we have such beautiful traditional ways of honoring our health right? and honoring, especially this, this sacred, I really, you know, like to use the word sacred because some people might frown on it, but I really think pregnancy and postpartum, it's a rite of passage, right? And, and our ancestors knew that. Yeah. 
So they would honor it in such beautiful ways. And we've forgotten that. Like we're not, now we are. Like it's so beautiful to see all these like birth doulas and midwives and indigenous, you know, I love it. And um, so it's happening, right? We're reclaiming and remembering these ancestral knowledge that it's at our core during these, you know, sacred rite of passages. So mm-hmm. let's, yes, let's yes. this is all in my alley, right? I'm having, I'm planning for my second home birth. So I have, oh, and, and, you know, I love, I don't know how OBGYNs with, cause my first pregnancy was also with a midwife, but I love mm. that my sessions, my appointments now are an hour and we talk yes. about everything and they're so gentle. It's so loving, you know, what's going on with my life with my diet, with my mm-hmm. health. And it's this overall feeling of, very different, not from a medical perspective of like, I have something wrong. You know, it's more talking from that rite of passage. And yes, super, super important. I'm so happy, you know, and it sounds like you're like a very social worker in heart. I love hearing that part. Yes, I am. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So what are some of the important factors that affect pregnancy, women's mental health. So now specifically more about, I know it's all interconnected, but more about mental health. Yeah, so mental health. Okay, I really want to begin by normalizing some level of emotional distress, right? Some level of, you know, anxiety, depression. During pregnancy is normal to a certain degree, given the changes and the many uncertainties that happen during this time, right? So it's somewhat, you know, normal that we, we experience that, that anxiety. Now, if you experience it where it's getting in the way of your daily task, if you're like super anxious and nervous, right? If it's prolonged, then it's harmful not only for you, but also to the, for the baby. So, so we know, and this is like research-based, that high anxiety and depression is, has detrimental consequences such as preterm labor and low birth weight. Actually, there's so much research right now about how preterm birth is directly linked to maternal psychological stress, actually more than anything else. So, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, because I mean, the whole NICU, I bet there's a lot of research about it, but Mm -hmm. how people just talk about it whenever I hear somebody that went through it, it's kind of like this matter of fact, (laughs) but it's not made. NICU is made to save babies, and that's great, but it's not made to nurture, like, new moms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is, you know, and this is during, like, pregnancy. So when your mom's pregnant, so, yeah, so if she's not being taken care of, right, or if she's not herself addressing and seeing, like, oh, the psychological distresses, anxiety, depression is not normal, let me get some support. If her family members or community is not helping her, it's going to make things worse if she does have the, you know, a consequence of preterm labor or some other consequence. You could only imagine what it does postpartum, right? So it is extremely, extremely important that we really look at how we start not only screening pregnant folks for perinatal mood disorders or any kind of emotional distress, but also having programs in place to support them because we could screen them they score high on the Edinburgh depression scale or anxiety scale but then where do we send them right and there's not therapists that could be accessible to them either they can't afford them or they're the therapist is full like in case right now that's why I have all these different support groups because I'm pretty full um, to see one-on-one clients so 
so yeah, there are so many, so many factors. So that's one. I kind of wanted to put that out there. But, uh, but now I want to mention a few factors that are backed by research that are a direct cause of maternal distress and anxiety. So we know maternal distress and depression are normal, but then there's this other level that causes complications. Then what are those factors that are affecting it? The first one that I often talk about is relational conflict or domestic violence. So is she feeling safe in her home? Does she have a loving, supportive partner? Or is her partner abusing her? You know, um, or sadly, intimate partner violence incidents increase, you know, during pregnancy. 20% of pregnant women experience violence during their pregnancy. Wow, that's a high percentage. Yeah, it is more common than gestational diabetes or preeclampsia, isn't it? Wow. Wow. <clears throat> and this is something that, in general, doctors don't screen or people don't talk yes, about. Yes, you hit it. Yes, doctors do not screen. So, no. you know, people screen, doctors screen for their regular health, right? Physical health. Yeah. But these are the social factors that are really affecting our mamas that we're not addressing and we're not screening. This is another scary statistic that um, homicide is the leading cause of death among pregnant women in the United States. Wow. So this is why I say, okay, what's your social right? What's your home like? Do you have a loving partner? What is that? Uh, because this this is an issue, and, and it's there's a lot of shame and stigma around it too. You know, especially in our Latinx community, that we don't, why we won't address, especially when you're pregnant. There's just there's embarrassment. The other one's isolation. You know, does she have social support? Is is there? Does she have family members or friends that that could be with her that could accompany her to the doctor's appointments? So many times that I talk to my clients and they feel so much anxiety going to the doctor, especially if they had a traumatic birth experience or previous loss and they're pregnant again and they're alone. There's no one to accompany her, you know, to a doctor's appointment. This is, um, so social support is a key protective factor. Actually, research shows that. The other one is societal racism and discrimination. And, you know, we've heard a lot, especially in these last few years, about how racism and discrimination negatively impacts the mental and emotional well-being of pregnant and postpartum mothers, especially, you know, during, uh, especially among Black women. So, but there is this research that just came out, I don't know if you heard about it, uh, specifically for Latinx community, the Latinx community, that published last year. So found the number of preterm births among Latina women increased above expected levels after the election. From Donald Trump. Yeah, so the acute stress of the anti-immigrant, anti-Mexican rhetoric and policies was so high, and then the uncertainty of whether or not their family members were deported, all of these contributed to the psychological and physical distress that um, negatively impacted the preterm births among Latino women. Yeah, so, right? Yeah, (laughs) many people might Mm -hmm. not realize, but this is all like, super important factors to consider that none of them are being necessarily like assessed. Like right now I'm about, I'm 24 weeks though. I'm about to do the whole gestational diabetes and all that. And, but yeah, none of these things are like standard. So, and then this is what I've gestational diabetes, hypertension, what's the other chronic gum illness that uh, heart disease. I mean, those are all 
physical chronic illnesses that affect, yeah, there is a really important to have under control. But see, those are consequences. Those are symptoms of these bigger issues. Yeah. That's not the issue. Yeah. And that's the missing link yeah. that among mainstream folks in the medical, and I mean, just now we're starting to talk about the link between discrimination and racism and, you know, the maternal mortality rate among Black women. But oh, we have a long way to go. <laughs> And that's what we have to talk about. We, this is when I get a chance to be on a podcast. I focus on this because it's, no, it's important. Yeah, it's so important. Mm-hmm. Some of the ways that you address these factors or help them. I know you have support groups in you, but like in general, some recommendations. Yeah, I wanted to touch upon just one little thing before. So yeah. then we have the biological, psychological factors, right, mm-hmm. that affect our mama's um, mental wellness. Is so the trauma in all forms, right? Previous traumas that they've had, depression or anxiety in the past, the pregnancy complications, and then any history of infertility, history of previous miscarriage or birth trauma. So those are also the more the biological, psychological factors. So I kind of like to see the whole right biopsychosocial environment elements that uh, or factors that contribute to um, emotional and mental distress. So yeah, how do we help them? You know. So as a collectively here at Corazon Counseling, we really like to have a personalized plan using our wellness model. And our wellness model is very much um, looking at it from, again, this holistic perspective of mind, body, spirit, heart, and community. Right? We add community to that because without the social support and community, it's hard to do the individual things of taking care of ourselves. So for example, for the mind, area of our, of our wellness. I love to use art and journaling and exploring our, our beliefs and narratives of pregnancy and birth and mothering. Like what are those narratives? Where do they come from? We explore it through birth art, through journaling. I love also the use of clay, like clay molding. A lot of times I have them create like their body, like their pregnant body, their body before they were pregnant and now their pregnant body. And and they're really, they really get in touch of the changes that are happening, not only physically, but psychologically. So that transformation that she's going through, right, of, of uh, her motherhood journey. So art is a tool that we use to, to support her. And then also the uh, somatic-based techniques, such as attunement of, of the body sensations, the tapping, or the simply asking you know, what does my body need? I think a lot of times really doing simple interventions that she feels the sense of um, agency, that she feels a sense of um, she has control and that she could do. So oh, that's so, so helpful. Thank you for sharing. I'm here like taking notes. <laughs> yeah. And then something else that I liked to, for the spirit part of um, the mind, body, spirit is I love, love to facilitate rite of passage ceremonies. So there's one that I love to do honoring the the rite of passage of pregnancy and birth and postpartum. So we have like a ritual ceremony where she invites or the couple or the pregnant person invites their closest friends and family members. And we have this, you know, beautiful circle in each with each direction, east, west, south, north. There's different elements that represent different elements and that represent 
a certain teaching, right? And then she picks her four, four madrinas that will give her that um, helper, be her guide through the birth and postpartum. It's just this really beautiful. Oh my God, that sounds really, really beautiful. Yeah, it's just a beautiful rite of passage ceremony that kind of like closes those that choose, of course, not all, all people that come to us want to do that. But those that some people just actually come see us because of that, you know, because we do facilitate these, these ceremonial ways of honoring pregnancy and birth and, and postpartum and, and parenthood, right? Mm-hmm. In, in general. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. Because I know, I mean, you're, I'm so far away. I'm like, I want to get one of those circles apart. But how do you like for people that are listening that are not even in LA also, like, how do you know, you recommend something about exploring their ancestors and exploring the rituals that they did, especially with colonialism and the difficulties of learning about this kind of things? Yeah, so it's always really nice to connect with someone that could guide you to that. But sometimes I know we don't have access to it. But Connecting to local indigenous Chicana or Latinx doulas, they're actually very knowledgeable in a lot of these traditional ways. Those that have more of the, the indigenous modality, they're actually now throughout the United States. I think it keeps growing and growing. But something really simple that you yourself could do or, or the community could do, the, the community of mamas out there is being still and having that self awareness and to to be in touch with your intuition because it'll tell you because it's in our genetic code it's in our blood we know it we know it we just been conditioned to ignore that or be conditioned to yeah to not be in touch with it so it's it's there so it's it's i would do like a simple and there's a journal then that i would recommend just don't have the name of it but i think and i'll remember in a little bit that you could follow to help you guide, guide yourself, be in touch with with your intuition. And the intuition will, your ancestors will, are there and they will let you know what to do. Yes. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Because it goes back to, you know, going back to your roots, but being empowered that you have, that you don't have to stick it out. You have it inside. Yes. Yes. Yes, we do. Yes, it's reclaiming that inner knowledge. Mm-hmm. Total reclaiming that. And it's not that we need all these experts, right? Including us therapists, right? Right. No, no, no. Yeah. It just, we just need to take some time, put our cell phones away, put everything else away, other obligations that we think are obligations, and sit quietly in nature. Sit quietly with the elements, right? With the fire, with the candle, and just look at the fire and say, with that water, right? Go outside and sit on the earth and feel the wind, the air. So including the elements as a way of connecting you to your ancestral, uh, yeah, your ancestral knowledge and then that wisdom within is, is a way of, a really easy practical way is connecting to the, to the elements of the earth. And that we could do a whole another podcast. Just oh that. my God, I know, yes, uh, yes, this, yeah. This is like a really good topic, but yes, it's like that inner knowledge and. And the hard part, I guess, for many pregnant moms is that then they have all these ideas, but then they go to their provider and they're being like, nope, 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 nope. So it's like also how to advocate for what you need. And and a lot of people like minimize or because of finances, they go like, 
I cannot afford a doula or a midwife or this or that. And, and they just do what they think they have to. And there's ways around. There's ways yeah, around. Yeah, and I think it's, it's, again, building that community. I think those of us in this work, we should also do, be doing a better job and doing more community outreach and education. Because there's so many, like, the, when we were out in the community and, and we we're talking to, you know, the Spanish-speaking community, and they're like, oh, aquí hay parteras, aquí hay, you know, they're, they're like so, they're at awe that there's home births here and that there's midwives, right? I always get that, yeah. I always right. get like, wait, you're going to do it like how my grandma did it back there? And I'm like, yeah, my grandma also had a home birth back in Puerto Rico. So, yes, I'm going back to that. And they are like, wow i'm surprised and i'm like yeah no this wealth of knowledge you know that is back it's coming back and the midwives and that group are bringing it in a way i love it yeah and we just need to do more outreach right more outreach education do like with the work that you're doing here with the podcast like educating the community and talking about it and then it's gonna be back because see they're gonna feel it because it's in their genetic code hey it's in their spirit they're gonna want (laughs) to So I think we're, you know, we're reclaiming. Things are changing. There's shifts happening. You know, I think the medical industry is a little, little scared here when, when you get doulas and, and midwives and, you know, grassroots folks together. <laughs> yes. Yes. I know. But it's good. And as we're approaching kind of more of the end, I know you mentioned some of the recommendations, but do you have also any books that could be helpful? Yes. Out there? So there's some, there's a couple of books. Here. One of them is called Nurture. A Modern Guide to Pregnancy, Birth, and Early Motherhood, Trusting Yourself and Your Body. That's by Erica Cohen. That's one of the new ones, right? It is. It is. Yeah. This is the pregnancy journal. So it's Heart-Centered Pregnancy Journal, and it's Cultivating Intuition, Connection, and Resiliency. And this is from Nikki, N-I-K-K-I, Shahid, C-H-A-H-E-E-D. And she's from Birthing from Within. Any books from Birthing yeah. from Within that I've trained in some other modalities and the birth story listening and some of my mentors, Birthing from Within, Kathy Neff, the one that facilitates our perinatal loss support group. She is a facilitator from Birthing from Within. So we here at Corazon Counseling really follow that model. So I highly recommend anything from Birthing from Within for mamas, right? Because it goes deep. Are you familiar with them? I. I read the book with my first birth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The other one that's kind of more practical and kind of mainstream a bit is like the one, um, What No One Tells You, A Guide to Your Emotions from Pregnancy to Motherhood. And that's by Dr. Alexandra Sachs. She also has a podcast, I think, called Motherhood Journeys or something like that. And then another resource I want to mention that's super important, and I think whether pregnant or postpartum moms could really benefit is Postpartum Support International. Mm-hmm. PSI, PSI yeah. yeah. So postpartum.net. And there's tons of resources for support. They have a weekly online. They have for fathers as well that might be going through some challenges. And a chat with an expert, a weekly phone calls with the licensed therapist that specializes in perinatal, you know, maternal mental health. So, Yeah. Those are some of the recommendations. Yeah. And in terms of any programs that you have ongoing, can you share a little bit? Yeah. So those of you who live in, in the area, come on by. The best place to really find the, the things that we're doing is through our Instagram and Facebook page, Corazon Counseling, because that's where I post 
all of our events. So we have a monthly free breastfeeding support group that I really encourage pregnant moms to go to, uh, yes. pregnant folks to go to just to prepare, right? Yes, yeah. it was so helpful for me. Yes, I'm going to go to another one soon. <laughs> yes, it is. So it's yes. the first Tuesday of every month that we have that support group, and it's at 6.30. It's through La Leche League, 6.30. And then we also have a um, the Mamas y Bebes. This is, a really, this is an evidence-based support class slash support group, Mamas y Bebes. Every Thursday from 9 to 11, it's free. We have childcare. We have free diapers. We have snacks, a $50 gift card when they finish the whole eight sessions. So this is a really, really good program, too. And then again, encourage moms that are pregnant and postpartum one year. So that's our ongoing resources. And then for professionals, we are facilitating a perinatal mental health course specifically for birth workers birth worker professionals, midwives, doulas, lactation consultants. That's May 30th through the 31st. Um, so I will be posting. Oh, and I'm working on getting CEU credits through DONA okay. uh, International and the lactation consultants. So they would be able to get CEU units to come to our training. That's going to focus on how to hold space for parents who have experienced birth trauma, experience NICU, experience loss. So, and then from a very holistic, again, right? Social justice, holistic point, a lens. Mm, yeah. yeah. So those are some of the things we're doing. And you guys also offer individual and family. And we do also, you know, we offer individual therapy, family, couples. We accept um, IHP insurance, Anthem Blue Cross. Right now, I am pretty full for the individual sessions, but we have um, associates, associate MFTs, associate MSWs who do see clients at a sliding scale rate, so which they're getting pretty full too. So yeah, we, <laughs> yeah. we need to expand. <laughs> need to expand, but you know, I, I like my balance of my family and you know self care and yeah. I hear you. I hear right? you. Yeah, no. yeah, it's so important. It's so important. So. Oh my God, I, this is an episode that I feel like I'm just getting nurtured myself as a mama. So I hope as you're listening, if you are expecting or soon or, you know, a postpartum stage or that this also was that experience because I'm leaving this episode feeling very empowered about how it's important to reclaim our truth, reclaim, you know, that we do have way more power than the society kind of implies. And by acknowledging and reclaiming it we're changing not only our little you know environment of our family but also we can change our community our society little by little so especially around this time that there's so much going on <laughs> in the world so yes thank you and thank you so much Emilia and it was a pleasure having you and I'm looking forward down the road taking a little drive <laughs> please join me Yes, kind of like, yeah, the one of this amazing. Come to our motherhood circle, yes. yes. Oh, yes, we have a mother, motherhood circle the first Wednesday of every month at 7 p.m. And it's just beautiful because it's from this place of ritual and ceremony and gathering in circle. Just, um, and then we will be having childcare available. So you know, I think that's another thing that keeps moms away from yeah. participating, right? Thank you so much, Dr. Lidiana. It's been wonderful speaking yeah. with you mm -hmm. yes and for everyone have a great rest of your day bye-bye
our amazing guest, Emilia, also had this other great resource that is happening this week, this Saturday, March 14th, from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., and it's going to be in their, in their offices in Corazon Counseling in Riverside, and it's a free community workshop that is called Preparing for the Postpartum Period. And the topics that they're going to talk about is traditional postpartum care, pelvic floor support, emotional wellness, lactation, and breastfeeding. So feel free to go to their website, Corazon Counseling, and to sign up. And remember, it's all free, and they also include light snack and child care provided. Thank you so much for listening to the Beyond Resilience Life podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. If you like this episode, please make sure to review it and comment on it and share it with your friends and family. Until next time.